welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. This podcast varies from our usual preaching pattern because it's written and presented by an Australian woman who is a Jewish rabbi. She prefers to be unnamed because of the need for personal security at this very difficult time. She speaks about the readings for the second Sunday of Advent and mostly concentrates on the reading from the prophet Isaiah. Our rabbi is also a teacher, mother and activist for justice. This is a prologue. I've stood beside the Jordan River, where John the Baptist stood, according to Mark's Gospel, which Christians read this week. I've watched busloads of pilgrims immerse themselves for baptism or rebaptism in this same river. Do these pilgrims know that their Bible identifies John the Baptist as the voice calling in the wilderness from Isaiah, which Christians also read this week? These modern baptizing pilgrims who I saw were welcomed into the river. Unlike the Pharisees and Sadducees who came to John at the river long ago. John called the Pharisees and Sadducees a brood of vipers and warned them of the axe already at the root of trees, which will be cut down and thrown into the fire, unquenchable fire. Since first reading this passage, I frequently wondered what John the Baptist would say to me, a Jewish woman, a descendant of these Pharisees and Sadducees. Since the 7th of October, a fire has been burning in my world. My world as a rabbi and an Australian Jewish woman has been totally uprooted. Thousands of lives have been brutally cut short and thousands more shattered. I fully acknowledge the horrors which Gazans and those residing with them have faced since the 8th of October and the previous decades. I fully acknowledge the horrors which Israelis and those residing with them have faced since the 7th of October and the decades and centuries before. I offer you this podcast as an Australian Jewish woman. I am neither Israeli nor Palestinian, but I am a Jew in Australia. The opinions expressed in this podcast are solely mine and also of my soul. They shouldn't be taken to reflect the opinions of the Australian Women Preach podcast. I do hope that Palestinian, Muslim, and Arab women's voices will soon be added to this podcast. We should all be speaking and singing, living and celebrating together. This is the end of the prologue. Now, here's the actual podcast. Something looks different. Something changed since the last time I saw her, or maybe something changed since the last time I had really looked. What was different? 
I saw no new wrinkles or gray hairs, at least not on her. She does appear a bit worn, but she was never a glamour girl. Hers was a different beauty from a deeper place. Of course, we're talking about the female messenger we see in Isaiah 40, verse 9. In the Catholic lectionary this year, we meet her in early December on the second Sunday of Advent. In my Jewish tradition, we visit her annually about six months later on the Sabbath after Tisha B'Av. For us, Tisha B'Av is a collective day of mourning for a myriad of catastrophes. Our two ancient temples in Jerusalem were both destroyed on Tisha B'Av, which also marks our expulsions from England and France and Spain in 1290 and 1306 and 1492, respectively. On the same horrible date, the Nazis officially endorsed their final solution in 1941. Exactly a year later, the Warsaw Ghetto liquidation began. Given our history of holiness and horror, you can see why we've been called the ever-dying people. Thank God, literally, for Isaiah 40's Herald of Hope, whose comforting message we hear annually on the Sabbath just after Tisha B'Av. There, Isaiah 40 opens with God's compassionate words, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, be comforted, be comforted, my people. Nine verses later, we meet the emissary commanded to explicate God's message by powerfully, fearlessly raising her voice. Yes, raising her voice. You see, the biblical Hebrew of Isaiah 40 shows that the messenger is definitely a woman. The Hebrew describes our herald as Mevatseret Zion, that is, Zion's mevatseret. Now, the Hebrew word mevatser means male messenger. But the Hebrew ending et here, we see the et of mevatseret marks the word as feminine. It's just the same way that the s of princess or duchess marks English words as feminine. The female marker et of mevatseret is as clear as the S and waitress. That little feminine et of Nivatseret is recognized in the interlinear biblical translations like Bible Hub that you can find online with Strong's Concordance. Seriously, this word Nivatseret, like the messenger herself, stands all alone in the Bible. The word occurs only in this biblical passage. It's a hapax legomena. Initially, I was surprised. The translators skirted this unique word and veiled the mevatseret's sex. Literally 49 out of 50 Christian biblical translations wrote off the obvious fact that the messenger is a woman. The rare commentators who actually acknowledge the Mivatseret's true gender, 
clumsily misinterpret or intentionally misread the verse. Rashi, a renowned rabbinic commentator, does note the speaker's female gender. And he explains that due to her audience's sins, they were unworthy of a superior male messenger. It's neither bizarre nor surprising that millennia of male translators suppress that the herald is a heroine. We're blessed that today the Mivatseret can speak to us in her fullness as a prophetic messenger and a paradigmatic woman. Let's revisit the unveiled Mivatseret of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 9. In Hebrew, it says, Al har gevoha alilach mevatzeret tzion, harim bekoach kolech. Upon a lofty mountain ascend, mevatzeret tzion. Raise your voice with strength. Herald of Jerusalem, raise it, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God, hine elokech. Now, I must be transparent. On my first read, even I assumed our herald was a he. Hey, I was reading an English translation, which omitted the her of our heroine. In my mind's eye, I envisioned a strong, ruddy, leather-skinned, solitary figure braced against the wind on a barren, rocky outcropping atop a desolate mountain. What kind of place would that be for a nice Jewish girl anyway? But wait, Isaiah implied nothing girlish about this figure, nor anything explicitly nice. When I stopped to look below the translation, the Mivatseret's grammatical and textual essence emerged. Something new came into focus. A ruddy, leather-skinned, solitary woman, poised high to proclaim God's presence to Zion, to Jerusalem, and all the cities of Judah. I was mesmerized by her mere existence. In my mind's eye, now I saw her, strong and sure, radiant with her divine message. She was stepping up, finding her firm footing, taking that first deep, full breath. Yes, she had the voice. She stood ready to proclaim God's hopeful, holy message to all the world gathered at her feet. I could see her. I could feel her presence. I admired her, venerated her, wanted to emulate her all those years ago. Now, 20 years have passed since I encountered the Mivat Seret, and so much has changed. Of course, what has changed most is not her, but me. I'm nearly 60. My children are grown, and I'm well past mid-career. Now I realize how short-sighted my younger self had been. In my excitement at discovering our heroine messenger, I overlooked her environment and her emotions completely. Let's take another look 
at Isaiah 49. The Hebrew says, Al har gevoha, alilach, on a lofty mountain, ascend. Hey, is our Mivatzeret atop a lofty mountain? Oh, she's being commanded to ascend. Alilach. If she were already at the summit, she wouldn't be told to go up. Has she scaled half the mountain already? She could still be at its base. Undeniably, she's got an uphill climb ahead. The Mivatzeret has a power of voice and is implored to preach prophetic proclamation. She's told, Harmi bekoch kolech, woman, raise your voice in strength. She is able to do that. She has the voice and she is afraid. Her fear is clear. The verse reads, Al-Tir-I, meaning do not fear. These words are directed to the messenger's state. If she were sleeping or slipping, the text might say, do not sleep or do not slip. The text tells Armivatseret, do not fear, precisely because she is afraid. She's courageous and alone and afraid. When I was young, I saw her solitary and strong. I can be that, I thought. We can all be that. We can all be the voices of strength, courage, inspiration. Now, decades older. I see she's fighting an uphill battle alone. So brave and so very afraid. Now, Isaiah's Mephatseret, she entered chapter 40 alone. But I like to imagine that she is in good company by the chapter's final verse. By that time, She's been sharing her message to those in the valley below. At that time, in her last verse, she implores, All of you, hope in the Holy One. Be invigorated with strength. Yachalif koach, v'koya Hashem. Be invigorated with strength. Hope in the Holy One. Let us hear what she is imploring. Let us raise our voices and rise together in our shared humanity to celebrate and to sanctify. May we be blessed with the strength of the Mivatseret and of each other to manifest hope and faith and forgiveness. Together, let us find a new way let us join to build a world of more godliness and more good. May this be the will of the Holy One. You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church, and The Grail in Australia. 
You can find out more about WATAC at WATAC, W-A-T-A-C, and The Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence, by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify. Spotify.